welcome to the Smart Connector podcast, which looks at the power of connection in business and life. Featuring solo episodes as well as a range of exciting interviews with entrepreneurs across multiple sectors, we offer tips and advice to build your impact, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons, and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. Welcome to today's episode of The Smart Connector, featuring David Walsh, a leading YouTube expert who helps entrepreneurs build their businesses through this powerful platform. I'm Jane Baylor, and today we talk about David's journey to success, how he built his own YouTube channel and scaled it to over 100,000 subscribers. We also look at the factors influencing success on YouTube today, such as AI algorithms, which content and topics work best, headlines, thumbnails and hashtags, YouTube shorts and advertising, as well as the opportunities for revenue creation and sponsorship and so much more. And I know you'll absolutely love it. This interview is absolutely packed with valuable tips to help you get visible and build lasting results from YouTube. And here to talk about it is renowned YouTube expert, David Walsh. Welcome, David. Well, thank you very much, Jane. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. So we're going to get right into it. But I think before we start, David, let's talk a little bit about you. How did you come to be a YouTube expert and why are you so passionate about YouTube? Unlike the kids or you know people who want to be famous on YouTube, I actually needed YouTube, I I found I needed YouTube to actually grow my business, Mm -hmm. which is where most YouTubers don't come from. Way back in the day, back in 2012, the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, I had finished up working with a couple of clients, got the emails in, they were absolutely ecstatic, but the jobs had finished and I had no new customers in the pipeline. So it was actually the beginning of 2013, new year, but no new clients. In essence, I was unemployed. I had no business, no nothing. As a service provider, when you do your sales, you then spend the next couple of months fulfilling on those sales. And I didn't have time to get any new customers in my pipeline. Mm -hmm. So, and my uh, girlfriend, now wife, was actually working in the fashion industry as a contractor. She didn't have any work either. So basically, there was two people in the house, both unemployed, no money coming in. And of course, January is the most expensive month of the year after Christmas and all the bills and stuff. But unfortunately, the bills still kept coming through the letterbox. The postie (laughs) kept sticking them through. We didn't get any exclusions or anything like that. So January 2013 was not too great month for me. Mm -hmm. So finished up the contracts and then sort of went into a bit of a negative spiral Wondering, like, how could I do this? You know, you know, provide. I'm the man of the house, so I couldn't provide for myself. I couldn't provide for my girlfriend, now wife. So how could I do this? Yeah. So one morning I was lying in bed and Lena said to me, get out, go for a run, get out of your head. She knew me. She knew that getting, you know, getting out of my head, exercise and go for a walk or run was the best way for me to clear my head and, and think a lot better. So put my running gear on, went out the door, started running. And as I got halfway around my normal run, I was sort of going through this thing was going in my head, but I was asking these questions, but I began to ask better questions rather than asking, 
how could I let this happen? How could I be so stupid? That sort of thing. I said, well, how could I get more clients? So then I sort of asked more positive questions. So I said, how could I get more clients? And then I asked an even better question. I said, what did I do before that brought in clients? And then the light bulb went off. It was like the clouds opened up. God had just put his finger on my head and went, boom. I realized that I had put four videos up on YouTube and those four videos brought in about 10 grand's worth of business. Wow. So at that point, I just quickly turned around, ran straight home and run in the door and it says, I've got it. I've got to do this YouTube thing. YouTube brought in the business. I've got to do this YouTube thing. So at the time I was building websites and I was doing product launches for clients. So rather than focus on that on my YouTube channel, because I could only do about 10, maybe 15 videos and then I'd be stuck. Yeah. I said, I'll do this YouTube thing. I'll teach people how to do YouTube because there was no one really doing it at the time. So there was an opportunity there. Yeah. YouTube was constantly changing. They were making updates. So I'd never be stuck for content. No. And for anyone listening who's considering creating a YouTube channel or making video or use, doing a content strategy, that's a very key point. Write that down is that you must be able to have constant content that you can make. Yeah. So at that point, I decided, right, I'll do this YouTube thing. So on February 13th, February 13th, February 19th, mm-hmm. I uploaded my first YouTube video, got a thousand views in the first day. Wow. And got, a, got an additional 75 subscribers in the first day. Oh. So I thought this is working. Yeah. So, and then decided that's it. I'm going to do one video every Tuesday, 2 p.m. UK time and upload on a regular consistent basis. So got to 10,000 subscribers, got to my first thousand subscribers in four weeks, 10,000 subscribers in 10 months, and then over 100,000 subscribers in just over three years. Wow. That's amazing. That's quite an achievement, really, isn't it, from a standing start? So congratulations, first off, for that, David. Thank That's you. really great. So what impact did that have on your life? Because as you said, you were in a very difficult place before that started. So did those 10, you know, 10,000 subscribers, did that make a difference to you? Did the business start coming in? Absolutely. So I was still doing the membership site stuff and some launches and things because that was still my main business. But I was beginning to get more business talking about YouTube. And in fact, I went to a marketing event, Traffic and Conversion, and in, oh, goodness me, what it would have been, 2014. So I just, I've gone over the 10,000 subscriber mark and it was a trafficking conversion in San Diego, biggest marketing event in the world. Mm. There was about four and a half thousand people in the place. Wow. And Ryan Dice, who runs the event, yeah. uh, was talking about YouTube. And all of a sudden, there's my videos on his slides in front of four and a half thousand people. Wow. So... I know Ryan and I bumped into him in the corridor and he goes, oh, I see you're using my videos in your slides. He goes, yes, I'm a subscriber. And I went, okay. (laughs) So at this point, I knew the whole sort of internet marketing industry was looking at me and looking at what I was doing. They were sitting up and taking notice. Right. So yeah, it was a a bit of an eye opener, even at that, like just over a year into my sort of YouTube journey. But from there, I get invited to speak at events all over the world, all of these sort of things. I was asking to even found an event. We founded Vid Summit with Daryl Eves in 2014, by 2015. And so, yeah, it, it, it led to a lot of things. Yes. So that's really a fantastic success story. Now, 
fast forward to today, YouTube is a different beast, isn't it? There's a lot more competition. So what what have been the main changes between then and now? Um, well, as you said, like there's far more people on the platform. So the competition is huge. Getting to the 10,000 subscriber mark isn't quite as easy as it was back in 2013, but it's still achievable. Mm-hmm. There is more and more like younger generation on there as well, but that should never have people not look at the platform if you're older. Like I'm nearly 50 for crying out loud and I'm still on there and I've still got people subscribing every single week, every single day. So we've got subscribers and we've got clients who are building their channel. They're older than I am and they're still able to build a platform. So it's a great place to build a following, build a fan base and build a business from. Albeit, again, there's more competition, but competition is a good thing because if there's competition, that means it works. Yes. And also competition is proof that there's a market there. So people wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't paying dividends for them. So YouTube is powerful. Everybody knows that YouTube is powerful. What would you say in terms of niching on YouTube? What would you say are the most popular forms of content? I mean, I know what I like, but everybody goes to YouTube for a different reason, don't they? Absolutely. Like one of the biggest things for YouTube is actually the how-to content. And that's the space I play. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the entertainment, the music, like 96 out of the top 100 most viewed videos are music videos. No surprise there. Mm -hmm. But 88% of millennials will go to YouTube first to look for a solution to a problem. Mm -hmm. So if you're targeting those people, they will go there. And it's not just millennials. I was in... I was in uh, Nashville two years ago before the pandemic happened. And I was uh, in an Uber talking with the driver. And he goes, oh, what do you do? And I says, oh, I help businesses market on YouTube. He goes, oh, I was looking how to change the light bulb on my car the other day. And the first place I went to was YouTube. And he's like 60 plus. Yeah. So a lot of people will go there because they know they're going to get a video. Rather than going to Google where they'll get an image, they'll get a video, they'll get a blog post, they'll get whatever. They know they're going to get a video and they can follow step by step. So your audience is, if you've got a solution to a problem, your audience is on there looking for your content. Yes, which leads us on very neatly to how can people find you? Because, of course, we all as entrepreneurs, we have an ideal client. We have a a, a customer that we're looking for. But how do we actually get seen by them, I think, is the big question, the burning question for many of us. Yeah, great question. It's your standard content market, like what we were doing a couple of years ago with blog posts and stuff like that is typically what you're going to do with YouTube. But it's a bit more advanced. It's not just a case of finding your keywords, making a keyword rich title and putting some keyword rich text in the description and throwing up a video. Uh, you could do that a couple of years ago, but YouTube has got far more advanced since. Mm-hmm. YouTube have developed their AI. Where they've got, have actually developed a number of AIs depending, looking at different areas of the YouTube platform. Mm. But one of those particular AIs is actually looking at your video. So this piece of software watches your video. It listens to your video. It watches your video. It understands all the frames of the video and understands where it's located, what products or items are in that video. If you're in a supermarket, it'll tell you what products are on the shelves. Wow. Yeah. So it's very difficult to game 
the YouTube system like it was a couple of years ago where you could just put your keywords in your title, in your description, mention a couple of keywords in your video and maybe hack the subtitles. You can't do that anymore because the software is actually looking at your video and seeing what your content is about. Plus, it also looks at how people, real people, interact with your video. If they stay on your video and watch the vast majority of the video, that's a big plus for you. So then it will feed it to more people like those people who've already watched it. Right. If, on the other hand, people are skipping off after 30 seconds or 60 seconds, then you're not going to get in front of as many people. So YouTube are all about the viewer experience, just like they were with uh, their SEO with, with the Google platform, about providing the best quality content for people who click on a link on their platform. So once you provide that as a, a service provider who has solutions to problems that people have, if you provide fantastic content that's engaging and that people will enjoy, you will do very well on YouTube. Yeah, and that's it's amazing that all of that's happened in the last couple of years because that's a big change, isn't it, from just those SEO titles, but exactly. essentially throwing up whatever it is that that you want to that you want to say, you want to be seen for, which is yeah. kind of game. You can game it in that way too. Actually, having complete transparency, it's mind blowing. Actually, what AI is actually doing on social media at the moment, I think, is mind blowing. I think a lot of people don't realize the power, the power of what's going on behind the scenes. So thank you yeah. so much for that. Fascinating. Really is. So David, from what you're saying, then all of this AI, let's say the, the AI driven algorithm actually means that for the viewer, the experience is going to go on getting richer, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's the whole point. Yeah. Um, like we had with Google, uh, in the early noughties, like with the pandas, the pigeons, and what, any other animal beginning with P, with the updates on the Google search engine, they're applying that same principle to YouTube. So it's all about keeping people on the platform for as long as possible so that they can feed as many ads to them, just like any other social platform. Yes. Yeah. So what would you say is the main challenge then for entrepreneurs who want to get visible online and who want to build their business on YouTube? Has it become more difficult or has it become easier? It's a bit of both. It's more difficult for people who are trying to just get a, get a quick buck, who just want to just throw stuff up to get business in the door type of thing. But if you really care about your clients, really, really care about your audience and actually want to grow a community, a, a proper following, yeah. then it's actually got a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to ask about as well is the visual uh, look and feel of your yeah. YouTube channel, because I've noticed that some entrepreneurs, they really put a lot of effort into their thumbnails and you go on their channel yeah. and it all looks very attractive. It's all packaged up. And others whose content is really good, they don't even bother putting a thumbnail on at the front. They just go live. And it's so yeah. why do people, why would people do one? or the other? Well, time is one thing. Right. We, we, like our clients are going, we can't do this. How do we do it? And that's where we take care of that with our solutions. Yes. Or with our academy people who aren't in our done for you service, we give them 
easier solutions that will help speed up that process. Yes. But like it, it all boils down to like personality driven content. Mm-hmm. Some people can get away with just going live, no thumbnail because they're following the person. There's something exciting about them or there's something interesting about them that it doesn't make a difference what they do or what they say. They'll watch their content. Yes. Uh, whereas other people will have to work at it. And that's why they'll need uh, better thumbnails, better visuals and stuff like that to build to the point where it doesn't make a difference what they do, that people will switch on and watch them. Yes, yes. So do you think as if you are somebody who's coming into that space for the first time or you're growing it from a, let's just say, a standing start, Do you yeah. would you advocate the use of thumbnails, for example, to create a more professional look and feel? Absolutely, because thumbnails are one of the top three things that the algorithm looks at. Okay. Uh, Your click-through rate, which is how many times your thumbnail is fed to people versus how many times people actually click on it, is one of the uh, top three things that the algorithm watches. Uh And the higher your click-through rate, the more inviting your thumbnail is, which goes along with your title as well. Uh Um, The more the more YouTube is going to feed that thumbnail, i.e. you get more impressions, then you get more views. So having a great thumbnail is definitely one of those things you need to do, especially if you're big, uh, if you're starting out. Even if you are a veteran, yeah. having great thumbnails will dramatically increase your views and stuff like that. So that's why you'll see like the top YouTubers, they will spend like one, two, even three days just on a thumbnail. Wow. But that will in, in you know, turn go from, that can mean the difference between maybe 1 million views versus 10 or even 15 million views. Wow, that's that's incredible. And I suppose for people that are not necessarily social media practitioners, or they don't really understand what a thumbnail is, I guess we ought to give them a definition, shouldn't we? Yeah, so it's basically that still image of, which is the representation of your video. Yeah. And what you need to have on there is like something that creates curiosity or intrigue of some description that people will go, hmm, I wonder what that video is about. Yes. And then, of course, once they, 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 it's piqued their curiosity, then they're going to go in and watch it. And then, of course, if it starts off like a, a damp squib and it's not really that interesting, then they're going to go away, aren't they? And then, so I Absolutely. guess it has to, it has to follow through, doesn't it? Whatever the promise is, I suppose the, the content exactly. has to match that. Exactly. And that, that's what your title is about, uh, along with your thumbnail. That's the promise of the video. And like when you're in the how-to space, when you have like the solution that somebody is looking for in your title and you have a representation of that video, uh, which people want to click on, and then you provide that solution in your video with a long, long audience retention rate, which is how long people stay on your video, that's a winning combination that will get you lots of views. Right. Okay. So let's talk about headlines and about titles and things like that, David, because I've obviously watched some of your work, but I've also watched some of your clients' work. And I know that there's a real art to this, isn't there? Yes. That the headlines that there can be a huge difference, can't there, between a sticky headline and one that just just goes unnoticed because it's all about yeah. getting attention, isn't it, in the first place. So love to hear any of your tips on that. 
Yeah. So again, it comes back to like good research. Yeah. Um, looking at your, your keyword research, competitive research, because as we know, success leaves clues. If you just even go into the YouTube search engine, start typing in how to X, Y, Z, the auto suggest will tell you what the most popular keywords are for that phrase is. Okay. So that's a great place to start if you're looking for a title for a video. Yes. So always put your main keywords at the beginning of your title rather than at the end so that the algorithm learns very quickly what your content is about. So that's one of the, the keyword key things you need to do with your keywords is put your main keyword at the very beginning of your title. So uh, having creating curiosity, like we use things like time. So how to lose how to lose 10 kilos of fat in three weeks or less. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's intriguing. Yes. Uh, or how to lose how to lose five kilos in seven days or five days or whatever. So time is another aspect you can introduce that will get people thinking and getting getting that click. Yeah. Or how to lose fat without dieting. So using the without. So how yeah. to do X without doing a thing you hate yes. is another way. Yes. Um, or how, how to lose how to lose weight without exercising, which everybody would love. <laughs> um, Who wouldn't? <laughs> exactly. You know, so there, there's a number of combinations there's the, like that you can use to create that intriguing headline that will get the click. Yes. So some of those titles, they would also be something that you might see on a landing page, for example. So they're kind of classic copywriting exactly. uh, headlines, aren't they? So, so do you do you you encourage your students to actually study copywriting and get good at copywriting, or do you just give them templates and say and say do this and do that? So it's it's a combination of both. Uh, again, like we just said, uh, success leaves clues. So if you look at those videos that have 1 million, 2 million, 4 million, 10 million views mm -hmm. in your niche, you can reverse engineer how they title their videos. You'll see a pattern. Um, and again, you can plug in the the time element, the without doing X, Y, Z element, all of these elements. And we have those templates in our training. Yes. Um, so you can, you can, you can experiment. So you can use some of our templates combined with some of those successful titles that are, some people have already used to come up with your own winning combination. Yes. And what about the description that goes underneath the video? Because yeah. some people, they just put a couple of lines, don't they? Some people put quite a long description. What, what would you advocate or does it just really depend on, on the type of topic? So like the, the first couple of paragraphs, the first two paragraphs are probably the most important. Okay. After that, the AI doesn't really do much for you. Yeah. Um, so we recommend, again, putting keywords in those paragraphs to not necessarily help the AI because it'll only help the AI for the first pff, half an hour or two yeah. to just get a grasp of what your content is about. It's already looking at your video when you put it up. That's already started as soon as it's uploaded. But that paragraph is actually helps the viewer get more of an idea of what's in the video. Yeah. So we actually write that for people rather than the AI. Again, we still put in our our, our keywords in there. Yes. Um, but it's again, it's a nice bit of copy to create more of an intrigue as to what to expect in the video so that we again, we get the click. Okay, so we're getting technical here. So I'm going to ask about hashtags as well. Yes. So are hashtags important? 
No, they're not important. Are these things that YouTube thought might work on YouTube? They're, they're important on TikTok and Instagram. They imported them. They never took off. We put them in. Well, like we, we, we recommend that you create your own hashtag, like rather than using a popular hashtag, which is what you need to do on Instagram in order to get found. Yeah. Nobody really uses hashtags on YouTube because they got the search engine. No one's typing in searching for a, a hashtag on YouTube. They're going how to cure a migraine, how to fix a bad back, that sort of thing. Yes. So no one's putting in hashtag bad back. Um, <laughs> so. You know, we, we recommend creating your own hashtag. Like I've got David Walsh, hashtag David Walsh or hashtag David Walsh online. Because if somebody clicks on that hashtag, all they're going to do is find my videos. If somebody wants to steal my hashtag, then I'm just going to flood that with my videos. And I'm only going to, I'm only going to get more traffic from them stealing my hashtag. So we don't use them apart from ones that we create for our clients. Yes. Okay. So perfect length. I mean, I know that. Some YouTube videos, they're two hours long. Some of them yep. are just five minutes, three minutes or whatever. Is there any such thing as a perfect length? It needs to be as long as it needs to be. Okay. Is, 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 is the default answer. It's like asking how long is a piece of string. So however long it needs to be to get your point across, that is no, long, no longer than it needs to be and no shorter than it needs to be. Um, I've done, gone both ways where I've tried to make a video longer by putting filler in. I've also tried to make a video shorter yes. by cutting bits out and both of them have failed. Okay. I remember I had a six minute video. I brought down to a four and a half minute video. It absolutely bombed. If I <laughs> left it at six minutes, it would have worked a lot better. But we recommend if you can get your videos over eight minutes, that's the sort of sweet spot, especially in the how-to space because it's very difficult to teach somebody how to do something in two minutes or three minutes. Yes. Um, so like you do have the, I guess, the word luxury of having longer content on YouTube as opposed to Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Uh, nobody's going to Facebook to look up a how-to video or Instagram to look up a how-to video. They may get tips and stuff, but they're not specifically going there, typing in the search bar for how to knit a cardigan. Whereas they actually would go on YouTube to find out how to knit a cardigan. Yeah. Uh, if you have like one phrase we use in our videos, especially for longer ones, is complete guide or step by step. Um, so if you've got a video that's 20 minutes, 30 minutes or even 40 minutes or longer, and it is a complete guide or literally step by step, put that phrase at the end of your video title and you will see your views go up big time. Okay. Okay. That's a great tip. So what about backgrounds and locations and things like that? Because I've, I've got my little set behind me, which is my, my little podcast set, yeah. which people say, well, they, they like that, but I use it all the time. So there's part of me that thinks, you know, maybe I ought to break it up and go somewhere else or do something yeah. else or have something else. And you've got a beautiful set there, which we were talking about before we started with all those lovely yeah. colors. So how important is it to kind of break it up in terms of like visually in terms of your background or your location? I don't know about breaking it up. Again, if you are creating interesting content, your background really isn't going to be the make or break of your video. Mm -hmm. Like, 
there's so many people on YouTube, like especially in the gaming space, where this would be their background every single video. They may move around the lights and stuff, but typically the background's going to be 90%, 95% the same throughout. Yes. So it won't make any difference. In the how-to space, if you want to break it up, then you can do so. Like I've had this conversation with myself about, yeah, you know, I've, I've had this background for, geez, like nearly two years now. And like it took me hot about a year to come up with this configuration that I really like. Yeah. Like if you look at my older videos, you'll see it was a bit gray, a bit washed out. I didn't have the, the lights behind me. I had my key light in the wrong place. I was ashen and it was it was <laughs> it wasn't great looking. It was nowhere as good as it is now. So I studied like color theory and stuff like this. And this is why I have these specific colors behind me oh. because it actually works with skin tones. Oh. And it's, yeah, there, there's a specific reason why I have these particular colors. Oh, yeah. Well, they're great colors. And of course, if anybody's listening on audio, they won't know what those colors are. <laughs> so perhaps we should say that there's a kind of indigo, sort of quite a bluey purple. Yeah. And then there's quite a pinky purple. So there's definitely, there's, and, and they fade. So one side of the screen is more the indigo purple, and the other side is more the pinky purple. And then there's a bookshelf yeah. in the back with some interesting stuff stuff that's a bit soft focus as well. So that's, exactly. and then we can see David in the middle of his frame with his um, microphone in front of him, just like I have my microphone in front of me now. So yeah, that that's it. So relatively simple. I think here in the UK, we're sometimes a bit handicapped, aren't we, by the weather? Because sometimes yeah. I look at these, you know, US, you well, I call them YouTubers, let's say influencers, YouTube business people. And they have some amazing footage of them being out hiking in the most majestic yeah. scenery or, or you know, just somewhere where the sun's shining and they're in a beautiful park. And we, we don't have that. It's a lot harder for us to plan some outdoor filming, yeah. isn't it? So is, is there anything, do they have an unfair advantage? <sighs> maybe, maybe. But again, it, it's all down to like what you're you're aiming to achieve. Yeah. If you want to give this aura of like you're you're living an amazing life where you've got the freedom to go hiking and blah blah blah, then that would be an unfair advantage to you know people in this country or, or people outside the US. Yes, it could be, but if you want to go, well I live in a metropolitan city and I've got fantastic restaurants, I've got fantastic scenery, I've got amazing sight seeing venues and stuff like this, then living in London is probably one of the best places to be. Yes. You know, so it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Make the best of what you've got. If you live in the countryside, then go, hey, look at this country right here. I have fresh, clean air. I have wonderful flowers. I've got trees in the background. It may be chucking it down, but, you know, I, I have a, an amazing, healthy environment that is helping me physically, mentally, spiritually, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, I think the interesting thing and something that I really hadn't thought about before this interview that you've mentioned is really that YouTube is, YouTube is a how-to 
place to go. And in that way, it is very, very different from many of the yeah. other social media platforms because people go to a TikTok to be in, uh, to be uh, entertained, don't they? They'll, yeah. they'll go to LinkedIn to network in business. They'll go to Facebook to, to socialize, really. Yeah. They'll go to Instagram to look at pretty pictures and find out what other people are, are up to visually. Look at gossip. It's yeah. reality. Instagram is reality TV. Facebook is catching up with your friends and family. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That That's really a great analogy. Yeah. So what do you think the future trends are going to be on um, YouTube? Any any thoughts, David? Yeah. So one of the big things or two of the big things that YouTube is pushing is lives and YouTube shorts. Okay. Uh, YouTube shorts is YouTube's version of TikTok. Yeah. So TikTok has taken the world by storm. This short form, vertical format has just gone bonkers, absolutely bonkers. So YouTube is chasing that. Instagram is also chasing it, but they're not doing anywhere near as well as YouTube are. Instagram have already said that Reels have not done anywhere near as well as they had liked. So they're, they're, they're still scrambling to catch up. But it's between TikTok and YouTube Shorts. And YouTube have, in fact, put a $100 million fund together to entice people to make more YouTube Shorts. Okay. So if you are on TikTok, put your stuff on YouTube as well. Because you could get paid for it and you don't need to be monetized or anything like that. YouTube will pay you between $100 to $10,000 per month to make more content on YouTube. Really? On, in, on the Shorts platform. Wow. So there's a specific platform because I, you know, I'm I'm not really an expert. So what exactly is the YouTube Shorts? Is it like a separate platform, separate place where you go or how, how does it work? No, it's basically Shorts is like when you open the YouTube app on your phone, there yeah. is what's called the Shorts shelf, which okay. is little section where they've put all their YouTube shorts and you go in there just like TikTok and you look at a video and then you swipe and you watch another video and then you watch another video and you and four hours later you're after watching four million videos <laughs> so uh, yeah there is that section on the YouTube uh, app on your phone or your tablet for shorts it's not a not a separate app it's not a separate anything it's just YouTube's way of promoting shorts Okay, so do you do many shorts yourself, David? Are you, are you, I don't know, are you I on don't. TikTok? I'm, no. I'm crap at short form content. Yeah. So it's, I have tried it. I failed miserably. So I still have a bit of learning to do on that short form format in order to get it to work for me. Uh, I'm going to, I am going to try again. I might need to try again and again and fail and again, whatever. But uh, I know the principles of it. I know what to do. It's just, for me, it just hasn't quite come off just yet. Are there any stars that you follow on the, uh, the shorts platform? Well, there shall. aren't. I, I know like a lot of TikTokers have gone over and they're making, they're actually doing quite well on YouTube as well. Even some of your standard YouTubers have set up their own shorts channels and they're just shorts not long form content it's just shorts on there as well yeah. uh, like one of those channels is braille skateboarding which is a uh, by its name is a skateboarding channel they make skateboard skateboards in fact and they teach people how to skateboard so they just set up a uh, a channel that's just shorts and one of their most popular videos is a ninja throwing star shaped skateboard which is bonkers absolutely bonkers and that just got like 
millions and millions of views in a few days. Wow. Um, so, and there's people who have blown up on with shorts out of absolutely nowhere. So it's definitely worth something. Uh, it's definitely worth testing. If you are doing short form content on Instagram or TikTok, put them on YouTube because you never know what could happen. YouTube could end up giving you 10 grand a month just for making videos. That would be amazing, wouldn't it, really, when you think about it? And wouldn't that be lovely? So, that would be very nice. Yeah, very nice indeed. Very good. So, and then the other, the other thing that is like been around for a while uh, on YouTube is lives. So those two things YouTube are, are pushing big time is lives and yeah. shorts. So again, they want YouTube wants to compete with Facebook Live, which is, as we know, is very very popular. So again, we we do a lot of lives. Like we do a live every single week, and we're going to probably increase that now coming into September October. But lives are a great way to create content. Like if you're doing Facebook lives, we recommend do YouTube live at the same time. Like yeah. you could use a, a tool like Restream, which will allow you to stream to uh, Facebook, to YouTube, to LinkedIn live as well, if you have LinkedIn live. So uh, you can multi-stream to these multiple platforms and you can grow your audience all by doing one live stream. Yes, yeah. I mean, I use StreamYard sometimes yeah. for for my thir do a Thursday night live stream, and I I stream to YouTube as well as my Facebook group, my Facebook page, yeah. and well, my few Facebook pages actually. So, and sometimes I stream live to my guest pages as well. So yeah. that's pretty good, really, isn't it, in terms of the reach? But I guess the thing about Restream is that it's it's is it more powerful than StreamYard? Or is yeah, it? it has a lot more functionality. Like yeah. if, like you could also use it for interviews like this. Yeah. So you know, you could send me a link, and we can hop on there. It will record the interview automatically, so you have your nicely edited pieces and stuff like that. Plus, it's got more platforms um, that you can stream to as well. Yeah, you know, I'm just so inspired and excited by this conversation. I mean, personally, I love YouTube and I'm more and more a consumer of it because I just love that niche content and the control that it gives you in terms yeah. of actually choosing the topics. I also love podcasts for that reason. So would you say that the the viewers and well, of course, the listeners of podcasts, but would you say that that kind of personalized content, that niche content is on the rise at the moment? Do you think Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like even sponsors are looking for more and more niche channels. Yeah. Um, like they're not going for the big, like you've got 10 million subscribers or 20 million subscribers. They're actually looking for people who've got like five or even 10,000 subscribers. Those micro influencers. Yeah. Um, typically have more of a more engaged audience. Yeah. And so they can pay a little bit less than they would to somebody who would be have 100,000 or a million subscribers, but they're actually the return on investment is going to be considerably more than giving it to somebody with a bigger audience. That's good to know. And so what type of companies are looking to advertise or to sponsor on uh, YouTube? I guess advertising, we'll get onto that in a minute. Let's just say sponsor YouTube channels. Yeah, so well, software companies are typically the biggest ones or people who are launching products. And um, there's a number of platforms that have for influencer marketing, whether, you know, it's if you're in the beauty space, there's like loads of makeup companies looking to get their products 
out in front of uh, audiences. Like we get approached by software companies quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, we also get approached by equipment companies, like people who've got lights, mics, cameras, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's great if whatever software you're using in your own business is a great place to start and even do a review on and then start that ball rolling. And you'll typically get approached by more of the same type of company. Uh, who want, who would like to work with you to get a video review of their their product? Oh, that's a great a great tip. Oh, thank you for that. Okay, so let's talk about YouTube advertising because yes. I know that I run ads on Facebook, and of course, there's been this recent iOS update, yep. which has it, it's made it a little bit harder for people because yep. the tracking has been been more made more difficult so i know a few people are thinking about transitioning to youtube ads so what do you think about is it a good idea to advertise on youtube or or is it more complex than advertising on facebook it's always it has always been a good idea to advertise on youtube i've been saying this for geez like six seven eight years yes but people because Facebook have made it easy for people to advertise on their platform, they haven't moved off. Right. But now Apple has come out with the iOS 14. There'll be another even bigger update on iOS 15. It's like adpocalypse. People are freaking out. They're, the cost of acquisition for a customer or a client has gone through the roof. And Google is going, happy days. Because the people who are already on uh, AdWords advertising on YouTube or Google or whatever are going, it doesn't affect us. Right. Um, we actually have a couple of clients who've approached us who are sick and tired of paying ridiculous prices for, for acquiring a, a client on Facebook. They've gone from like almost doubled from 25 pounds to 45 or 47 pounds per acquisition on Facebook. Whereas we're getting them for the old price, like 20, 25 quid wow. um, on YouTube. Really? So would you advise people to switch their advertising from um, Facebook to YouTube? Would you, if somebody came to you, would you say, just do it? Um, I would, I, whether they switch completely is one thing, but I would definitely investigate it. Okay. Um, because unless you try, you just don't know. Yes. Uh, we don't know where this Facebook adpocalypse is going to finish. Mm -hmm. um, if iOS 16 is going to kill Facebook advertising completely or the you know, prices triple on Facebook or whatever. We don't know where this is going to end. Whereas with at least with YouTube, you're hedging your bets. You're putting some money into another platform that isn't anywhere near as affected as Facebook is. Yes. So your cost of acquisition is going to go down and you can still probably get like a positive ROI on Facebook, just not as much as you're used to. Whereas you can still probably get a better price on YouTube ads as well. Right. And the thing that I've noticed when I'm watching YouTube, because I consume a lot of ads as well, of course, because they're all put in front of, yeah. in front of me, is I notice that the ads seem to be, and maybe these are just the ones that are, as I said, are put in front of me, they seem to be increasingly entertainment based. Yes. So is, is that a trend, would you say? Yes. There, there is like, because with ads, it's like it's interruption marketing, they call it. Yeah. And this is like, this is what Facebook is, is because you, you don't go onto Facebook looking for an ad. You go onto Facebook to see what your friends are doing or what, who's shared the latest funny cat video. Yeah. Um, 
Whereas an ad is interruption marketing. And, and that's what ads are. Like even on TV or whatever, they're interruption marketing. And so when you interrupt somebody, you need to entertain. Well, you don't need to entertain, but you need to surprise or give them a reason to watch your ad. If you're going to be successful, they have to have some sort of reason. So entertainment yes. and humor is a great tool to use on your ads. If people who are, are familiar with the Squatty Potty ads, it's an out there ad of a pooping unicorn. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, just look up, do a search for Squatty Potty Unicorn and you will be entertained. But that ad alone has sold like tens of millions of dollars of a stool that you put your feet on to poop. So uh, <laughs> it has worked very, very well. That's incredible. And really, it probably, I mean, a poop stool, I've never even heard of such a thing. But okay. So I've also noticed that there is a trend. I, well, I find that some of the ads are entertaining and I find that some of them are annoying because, yes. of course, that's also interruption marketing, isn't it? When when exactly. people talk and it's like, oh, not that person again. And it's go away. But that clearly works as well because, of course, they will have been testing it. And so if you keep on seeing it, you keep on seeing it, then it's it's working, isn't it? Exactly. If you see an ad that was shown two, three, four years ago, that ad's still making money. Yep. Um, I was I was doing some research for a client the other day, and I was I, an ad was shown to me, and I looked at it. I clicked through to the video. I found out the the, the video. That ad was made in 2019, and yeah. it had uh, nine million views. The ad had nine million views. Right. So I'm going. This ad is seriously making money. And right. that's why it's still going 9 million views in two years. That ad has definitely a positive ROI. Yep. Okay. So if you keep on seeing ads, then it's because they're working. So if you're thinking exactly. of doing, yeah. And so if you're thinking of doing YouTube advertising, just see what other people are doing. Exactly. Brilliant. Success leaves clues. Yeah, success leaves, leaves clues. I love that, David. So what's your current focus at the moment? Obviously, you're building your own YouTube channel. I know you keep yeah. on doing that, which is amazing. And you're full of tips and all sorts of fantastic content there. But what else, what else is it that you're up to? And what are you looking to? Where are you looking to take your business um, in the future? Yeah, so like we, we've got like two focuses within our business itself is like we have a one to many uh, group coaching program, our Big Grow Academy, where we're helping uh, businesses use YouTube to create content and build their audiences with. And then we have our done for you Big Grow Pro program where we work with businesses one on one. Yeah. Uh, with them, we create the strategy, we give them the videos to create the calendar. We create the thumbnails. We basically, all they have to do is basically create the content we tell them to and we take care of the rest. Yeah. So that's our main focus is helping those customers and clients to get the best from YouTube using both content and ads yep. to grow their audience and obviously have a, a positive ROI with that. Yeah, yeah. So would you say that content and ads work synergistically then? If somebody really wants to build a following on YouTube, would you advise them to do both? Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the beautiful things about YouTube, which we didn't talk about, is that you can build an advertising audience from your subscribers, from your viewers, from the people who shared your content, from the people who liked your content. You can segment all of these people through AdWords on Google 
in the background so that you can build up your audiences and advertise. You can do retargeting advertising to them all for free, all running in the background, and it doesn't cost you a penny. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just feeling so excited and inspired. And I'm sure that anybody who's watching and listening will be feeling the same way. We've had such an amazing conversation. So, David, I just wanted to thank you for joining us today. It's been a really fantastic interview. Now, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the very best way for them to do that? best way is to drop us an email at info at davidwalshonline.com. If you want to follow me on socials, just do a search for David Walsh Online. We're, we're on all of those on all platforms or uh, connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Again, David Walsh Online. Okay. Well, thank you so much again, David. It's really been an amazing interview. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for sharing so openly as well about all of your, your knowledge and wisdom around YouTube. Thank you. Thank you very much, Shane. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to rate and review my podcast as it will help me bring the power of connection to the world. I work one-to-one -to, -one to help entrepreneurs ignite the power of authentic connection in their businesses and lives. I also help them accelerate their results through attracting and converting more of their ideal clients and if this is something you'd like to do too, why not head on over to www.idealclientsuccess.com masterclass and I'll show you how.